As we concentrate that the gifts of the Holy Spirit might function are what the secularist might speak of as the paranormal, let us believe. Let us believe. What do you want to call me a murderer for? I've never killed anyone. I don't need to kill anyone. I think it. I have it here. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Go into the light. Here's Johnny. Please, God. This is God. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? Wake up in the dark. Hear the screaming of the lamb. Hi, this is Hauntings and Homicide. I'm Heather, and I haven't slept in years. And joining me this week is again my little sister, Kayla, and I'll sleep when I'm dead. Okay, <sighs> so today we're covering the case of the Santa Suit Slayer. Um, this case is also known as the Covina Massacre. Um, I just want to say up top, this episode does deal with some pretty heavy subjects such as mass killing and child death. So if that's not something you can handle, then there is absolutely no shame in skipping this episode altogether. There's plenty of episodes. If you skip this one, I totally get it. No hard feelings. Um, let's see. Also, my sources for this episode, <laughs> this report is um they are wikipedia.org cbsnews.com and oxygen.com um apparently there's an episode of hot what's that show on is it oxygen homicide for the holidays or something like that that. well i didn't obviously we didn't watch it but i think is that our christmas i think it should be okay well so there's an episode about this on that show look I'll put it in the show notes. I'll have to Google it. I forget what that show's called. Um, We're going to be sitting there Christmas Eve, like, watching holiday... Holiday murder? Massacres, and everyone's at home sitting by the fire watching, like, Elf. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) it's pretty on brand for around here. That's true. Okay, so, this case is a huge bummer. Totally fucked up. We've been doing a lot of really lighthearted stuff lately on this show, and that's great. And I love it, but this one's pretty brutal. So I just want everyone to know what they're signing up for by pressing play on this episode. So, on Christmas Eve, 2008, a crime was committed that was so incredibly gruesome, many will never be able to look at Santa Claus the same ever again. Many people were killed, either by gunshot or burned to death in the house, set ablaze shortly after the massacre occurred. You see... A Christmas party had been held there that night. What must have been a fun-filled evening with family, friends, probably some ugly sweaters, suddenly became a nightmare when Bruce Jeffrey Pardo showed up unannounced, dressed in a Santa suit. At 11.30 p.m., Bruce Pardo, who I will be exclusively referring to as Pardo from here on out due to the fact that our dad's name is Bruce, definitely don't want him associated with... No, let's not do that. This fuckery. (laughs) So, Pardo knocked on the door to the house where the party was being held, which happened to belong to his former in-laws, his very recently former in-laws, as his divorce was fairly new. At his side 
was a gift, or at least, that's what it was made to look like as it was wrapped in gift paper. But instead of toys or games, inside was a fucking homemade flamethrower. This guy's the absolute worst. He was also carrying several semi-automatic guns. Of course he was. As soon as the door was opened for Pardo, the first victim of the mass shooting was his eight-year-old niece, Katrina, who was the daughter of his ex-wife's sister. After the first shots were fired, he began to shoot at random as everyone scattered in different directions. After he was done with that portion of his murder spree, he moved on to the flamethrower. With racing fuel gasoline, a high-octane accelerant, the house went up in flames and fast. Nine people in total were killed in the massacre, and three were injured. Pardo's ex-wife, his former mother and father-in-law, along with two brothers-in-law, three sisters-in-law, and one nephew were all murdered that night. Pardo's eight-year-old niece, who had been so happy to meet her uncle at the door, but was greeted instead with a shot to the face, luckily survived the attack. Another 16-year-old girl made it out, surviving a gunshot to the back, and a 20-year-old woman obtained a broken ankle, escaping out of a second-story window. Flames from the fire reached heights of 70 to 80 feet, and took firefighters an hour and a half to put out. One lieutenant said, When I arrived, to describe it as apocalyptic would be accurate. Apparently, Pardo had been plotting this attack for six months. After discovering that his own mother was planning to attend the holiday party of his former family, he was set off even more. He was under the impression that his mom had sided with his wife, Sylvia, in their divorce, and if she hadn't stayed home sick, his mom, he would have murdered her as well. Another target on Pardo's hit list was Sylvia's divorce lawyer, but that was part of his larger scheme that would never come to fruition. After part one of his plan was complete, Pardo intended to flee to Glendale, California, where he had left a rental car nearby the attorney's home, filled with maps, clothing, and fuel. Part three of the plan was to head to the Midwest to start a new life. None of this was to come to pass, however, as Pardo had severely burned himself in the fire and ended up taking his own life. After the massacre occurred, he immediately drove to his brother's house, his brother was not home for any of this, where police eventually found his body. Cause of death was self-inflicted gunshot wound. The fire had burned so hot that it melted and adhered the Santa suit to his skin. <sighs> Jesus. I mean, fuck you, and good, Honestly. but ugh. Karma. It's speculated that after the burns, Pardo had changed his mind about the rest of the plan and decided that suicide was the only way out. When police found his car a block away from the scene of the crime, it had been rigged with explosives. Probably another suicide plan in case things went sideways on him in the middle of his attempted escape. Also in the car, another fucking Santa suit. What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? What is that? An oh, extra man. Santa suit? You know, just in case something It's happened. like, he's like, oh no, they've seen the Santa suit. I must put on my incognito santa suit like fuck you dude that's actually so strange i know i have a lot that's like the big question mark i have about this case is like what 
You'd think he'd have, like, an extra set of clothes that weren't Maybe a Sabta suit. Maybe he did, suit. like, a trial run or something with a flamethrower, and he's like, well, shit, what if my Santa suit catches on fire, and then I don't have a Santa <laughs> and suit. And I need an extra Santa suit. Who knows? But, surprise, bitch, you're gonna, your Santa suit is part of you now. You're never gonna <laughs> well, have another option other than Santa suit, bitch. <laughs> The motive for this entire crime was Pardo's divorce from his wife, who he had only been married to for one year. Pardo had no criminal record and no history of violence. Apparently, shortly after his marriage to Sylvia, he had denied her request to open a joint bank account and even insisted that she financially take care of her three children from a prior marriage entirely on her own. Also, it's speculated that Pardo had a child from a previous relationship that he had failed to disclose to Sylvia. Naturally, she wasn't happy about his secrecy. A month after Sylvia filed for divorce, Pardo was fired from his job for fraudulently claiming hours he hadn't worked. He was initially ordered to pay Sylvia $1,785 a month for spousal support, but due to financial hardship, this ruling was suspended. One reporter said, Bruce began to plot ways to get back at Sylvia. I think that he decided that he wasn't just going to kill her, but he was going to kill everything that she loved and take it, wipe it off the face of the earth. I feel like that's the most important sentence in this entire story. It's like, he's such a fucking psychopath. First of all, He's that butthurt about his wife leaving him after a year of marriage. They don't even have any kids together. And he didn't even want to support the kids that she did have. Yeah. What? But all of a sudden he did... Wait, what did he... Yeah. He had a kid too? Yeah, he had a kid um, from a previous relationship. And then there's talk of that kid maybe having drowned or something, which is sad. But, like, why didn't he tell his wife any of this stuff? I did another story on this podcast about a woman who divorced her husband because she found out he had a kid that he didn't tell her about. And it's like, hmm. what the fuck is with you people? Honestly, Stop doing that. Stop yeah. it. It's weird. It is weird. It's like, it's not about the kid. It's the ba it's about, like, not knowing the person you're married to, you know? Yeah. It's like, if you could lie, if you could keep that from me, what else are you keeping from me? Honestly. Fucking hate this guy. Okay, so what we have here is obviously a case of extreme fragile masculinity. Um, I think the part about his not having a history of violence is the scariest part to me. Like, sometimes you can predict someone's behavior and, like, sometimes you can't. Um, so often victims get blamed for knowing better and, like, they hang around violent people and, you know, they get blamed for that. But the truth is, you really never know someone all the way, you know? Yeah. Um, pretty much everything is a gamble. Like, this guy may have seemed like a totally normal, friendly, like, nice guy to everybody. Um, but he was actually a fucking monster. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just took that one thing to finally be just... Had bottled right. it up all like, this time. Like, what and... the fuck? Like, sometimes you can guess that someone's gonna, like, oh, this guy is eventually gonna snap... And it's going to be really bad. Like, sometimes yeah. you can predict that. Yeah. Like, people may... I mean, there's kind of, like, some signs that he wasn't a good person. Like, the fact that he was lying at his job. 
Yeah. And, like, making up, like, you know, saying he was working hours that he wasn't, which is yeah. a really common scheme at jobs. I don't know if you've ever come across that. Mm. But I've I've seen that happen at least three times. How do you do that, though? Like, you don't clock in? No, you, you clock in and, and, like, you... I think you can start small by, like, not clocking out for lunch or, like... Um, so, like, at my job, um, my boss is a little bit, not that he's really my boss, he's more like my business partner. I don't work hourly, so I don't, you know, (laughs) I don't have this problem, but we've had employees that will, like, change things in the computer. Got it. So that you, like, say you got there at noon, there's people who claim they got there at, like, nine. You know, and yeah. and if if you're not really diligent about like checking those things, which a lot of employers aren't, they just trust their. They're just like they're so busy. They don't. They're just like whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. But I worked at a place where remember when I worked, um, the job I had for like six years, and there was an office manager who had stolen like ten thousand dollars worth of money. Yeah, that's what she was doing. She was claiming she'd worked hours that she hadn't. Oh, shit. Like, it, you start a little bit, you get away with it, you start, People you know. are sketchy. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there was things pointing to the fact that he sucks, but probably not enough to predict that he was going to put on a fucking Santa suit, show up at his family's house, and murder everybody. Um, Like, if you can dress up as fucking Santa Claus, like... A children's icon? Yeah. And get up to all this, like, abhorrent, inhuman behavior? There's a special corner of hell for you. That's for sure. It probably involves dentist drills. Stop. For eternity, motherfucker. triggered. Why'd you have to go there? Well, because it's the worst. Yeah. And he deserves the worst. (laughs) The worst. Forever. Dentist drills forever, (laughs) bitch. Well, anyway, that's our story. Merry Christmas, everybody. I like to spread the joy around. Let me just say that Heather, yeah, when I was a child, oh Jesus, <laughs> would tell me when I was little that there was an evil Santa. Okay, and he was gonna come get me. Look, <laughs> if you have a younger sibling, you know that it's just our duty. To torment them. Like, it's just... I I don't know who wrote that rule, but that's just how it goes. Yeah, so in return, I slept in Heather's bed with her every Christmas Eve, probably until I was, like, 18 years old. (laughs) Until, like, wait, it never stopped. (laughs) Mm. Well, I also also convinced you that your your legal birth name was Turd. (laughs) So, um... I think I was pretty upset about that one. The turd? Oh, yeah, you cried. Yeah. You were crying. Yeah. (laughs) I'm scarred for life. Also, she would, before she could read, she would point to, like, billboards and be like, what does that say? And I'd be like, it says, Kayla sucks. And then she would start crying. (laughs) Also, she told me to tell my mom to shut her pie hole at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. How many times have you told mom to shut her pie hole today? (laughs) Probably like fourteen. <laughs> well, you started it. Oh, I mean, it's 
That's not the only time I convinced you to say something absolutely <laughs> fucked up. Well, that's like the only one I remember. To the parents. Because you would fucking do it. Like, you would keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, like, bet. I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> like, you think after the second or third time you'd, you'd get the message that when I say, hey, go say XYZ to mom or whatever, I'm clearly fucking with you. I just you. had so much trust in you. I was kind of like when you Teletubbied my ass into the nightstand. <laughs> That's not going to translate well. <laughs> Kayla and I used to play this game that we called Teletubbies, where we would stuff pillows underneath our sweatshirts and then kind of like run and jump into the air and into each other on purpose. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> but one time, I'm not sure what happened, but... <laughs> I launched her so far across the room <laughs> that she felt like ran into her nightstand and knocked like, a lamp. Literally, over. I went flying into the air. There was and- so much air involved. It was. I, I remember it happened in slow motion for me because I saw yeah. you flying across the room, and I'm like, "Oh, you're like, oh shit, I'm this isn't gonna be fucked." Good. Yeah, <laughs> you were in midair, and I was like, "I'm so fucked." Which, like, normally, I can take. Like, getting hurt pretty well, but that one, that one got me. I thought it killed you. It so. got me. I remember crying for once. Normally I laugh when I get hurt. Well, luckily the parents I'm were psycho. Home. Basically, anytime Caleb would start crying, our parents would be like, Heather, what did you do? And I'd be like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. But then you started manipulating that. I did. And, and she would start crying for, like, no reason and, I don't know, just point at me or whatever. And then I'd be in trouble and I'd be like, excuse me. I did that. Hey, karma. Lies. Just like when you said being an older sister is just to, you know, fuck with the little one. Well, fuck you. (laughs) You old bitch. (laughs) I'm literally three and a half years older than you. It's not a whole lot. Yeah, now it doesn't seem like you're that much older than me. Yeah, because, right. Because I think when I launched you across the room, I was like a good seven inches on you. Probably. Now there's only one. Anyway, there's some lightheartedness to kind of... Yeah, there's a visual for you. I don't know how old we were. Oh, there was... Oh, we probably shouldn't say that. What? I was going to talk about the time you peed on me. (laughs) (laughs) That was a goodie. It's a classic. (laughs) Whatever you're envisioning, that's not not. right. That's not it. It ain't it, honey. Um, Do you have an obsession? I do. Okay. Well... It's like, I do, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Well, it's It's kind of embarrassing. Okay. I can't stop watching TikToks. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, like, I I feel like I'm too old to be watching TikToks. I don't think so. I think you're, like, right at the right age. Okay, well, a lot of them, a lot of the most popular TikTok people are, like, 16 years old. Are they really? Which, like, those aren't really the ones that I watch because it's just them, like, doing stupid little dances. I saw the most cringiest TikTok the other day. Okay. It was the one where the girl was in the drive-thru at Starbucks and she started oh, no. singing to the Oh, guy. yeah. And I was like, girl. Yeah. Whenever I see ones that are, like, people harassing, like, customer service. Yeah, don't like, do that! People. And you could totally tell he felt so awkward. <laughs> he was like, oh, oh my god, it's my, it's my favorite part of the whole video. And and she's she sings her order. First of all, there's a lot of plot holes. Oh, I think I did see this. She sings her order to the 
to the drive up window, which is the window where you are you supposed to receive your like pay for your order and receive it. Yeah. So that means she like didn't sing it to the fucking you know what's box? the box. <laughs> so issue number one. Um issue number two is the fact that the guy like didn't know what to say. He's just like oh. He's like, Oh haha, wow, um I totally didn't expect that and she's like, Oh my god, thank you so much. It's like he didn't say yeah. you were good, he didn't say, you know, wow, yeah. you're amazing. He just was he was so awkward and like weird. And like, dude, that guy's at his job. He can't be like, bitch, what the fuck is that? Like he can't be like, um, can you please say that again so that I can figure out what your order is? I get paid $10 an hour. Can you not harass me, please? Yeah, honestly. Last night I had a dream that I was serving and mm-hmm. I was walking by a table and I looked at a woman at one of my tables and said, I said, I really don't like you. <laughs> and she was like, what? That's basically. I was like, I'm sorry, I wasn't talking to you. That's basically the um, the level I've reached at my job, though, mm. where I've borderline just started saying shit like that to people. Well, you see, I get in trouble for that. I know. That's, I, that's why I can never do what you do. Yeah. Absolutely never. People are very, very serious about their hamburgers and I fries. I can't do it. I can't handle... What's your obsession? Um, my obsession is letter Kenny. Oh, lordy. It's so good. You know how sometimes there's a show that's so perfect because it's simultaneously absolutely stupid but brilliant at the same time? Mm, Yeah. Kind of like like The Office or like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, The Office can be pretty dumb. It is really dumb. It's pretty dumb. But it's great. But it's also really smart. It's like that. Yeah. It's about like Canadian hicks. Yeah. I've watched like one episode. They do... It took me, like, four episodes to, like, like it. Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the humor is pretty masculine and can be kind of crass. And I'm, yeah, like, every tenth joke, I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. But, like, those nine are so good that it's it makes like up for it. It's also, like, a Canadian It's a Canadian show, show. So maybe you just don't understand. I don't understand. No, I'm pretty sure all the fart <laughs> jokes kidding. and whatever. <laughs> it's just not going to. It, it's so. not going to be my. You think Not father would like thing. it? I think he probably would. I legit thought he was the one watching it. Oh because God. it's very, like, farm-esque. Uh, farm like, AF, these okay. people have, like, did you say farm AF? Yeah. It is very farm AF. Okay. And it's just so, like, they're good people. You know? The characters, they're good guys. Oh. So, like, <laughs> it's very sweet. And they're, like, rowdy and whatever, but they are also, like, they're very rowdy. They're always drinking oh. and smoking, oh, okay. but they're also really good people. Are they single? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I could be into it, you know, because they're they're very masculine, but they're very respectful of women and like okay. very, you know, man of a of few words. But when they do Perfect. speak, they're like, you know, where do I find one? Apparently, Canada. I, I'm convinced that I need to go to Canada for some reason. That's a thing. Well, I feel like I need to meet a Canadian. We're going to Letter Kenny. Okay. Saddle up, boys. <laughs> Yeehaw. Haw ye. Haw yeet haw. <laughs> I killed myself. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> that's our show. 
Um, I'll see you next Thursday. And something about being in spirit. And Christmas. Christmas. You, Not evil Santa. Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. <clears throat> whatever Satanist worship or celebrate or whatever. Um, always with you in spirit. And I love you to death, to death.